1 Kings chapter 18. Second lesson in our series on Elijah and Elisha. And we'll read uh, to get started, verses 1 through 16. And we'll have a short word of prayer. The Bible says it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. And Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land unto all fountains of water and unto all brooks. Peradventure we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive, that we lose not all the beasts. So they divided the land between them to pass throughout it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him, and fell on his face, and said, Art thou my lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go tell thy lord, behold, Elijah is here. And he said, What have I sinned, that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? And as the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom, whither my Lord hath not sent to seek thee. And when they said he is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation, and they found thee not. And now thou sayest, Go, tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I, thy servant, fear the Lord from my youth. Was it not told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in a cave, and fed them with bread and water? And now thou sayest, Go, tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here, and he shall slay me. And Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day and each and every day that you give us. We ask that you would bless now the adult Bible study, that you'd speak to our hearts through your word and by the Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, that you would bless the Sunday school classes downstairs and the uh, junior church hour to follow the morning worship service. We pray, Lord, that it would bring honor and glory to you. We're thankful again for each and every day that you give us. And Lord, we want to lift up uh, Amy to you this morning. We pray, Lord, that your hand would be upon her as she recovers from her surgery. We pray, Lord, that um, you just be with the doctors as they minister to her physically. And, but, Lord, we pray that you'd touch her body and help her to uh, just respond to medication, that she'd get home sooner. Uh, rather than later. So we place her Lord in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right. Well, as we open up uh, chapter 18 of uh, 1 Kings, uh, last week we saw uh, Elijah as he was... Um, did, you get, did you get a Sunday school lesson? Right there, Dennis. Is, what, what happened to him, Dennis? Ethan took him and he's not handing him out. So what good is that? <laughs> what good is that? <clears throat> Anyhow, um, Elijah is, uh, just comes on the scene in the Bible. It's one of the strange things about, you know, where, where was he from or what had he done previous to that? But in chapter 17, he just kind of comes on the scene and he brings as the prophet of God the word of the Lord. And uh, God tells him to go to the brook and God feeds him by the brook. And we talked about that. We talked about the word of the Lord. And then he goes to Zarephath and there he uh, meets up with the widow woman and he would spend a year living with her and uh, her son whom um, uh, she was about to die. She had nothing left, uh, just a little bit of uh, meal to eat and uh, gathering the two sticks and a little meal in a barrel. And she was going to take that and eat it. And then she didn't know what she was going to do after that. And Elijah comes on the scene and he says, no, go ahead and make for me a meal. And, uh, and I promise you that the cruise of oil and the meal will not fail. And uh, of course, we talked about that. And then after that, the, her son dies. And she's wondering what's going on here. And of course, God uses Elijah to bring her son back to life. And so um, we ended verse, actually verse 24 of chapter 17. Now the woman said to Elijah, now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. So actually, she's... He's, now that I think about it, Elijah spends a year by the brook where God feeds him, and then he spends approximately two years with the woman and, and her son. And during this time, it, it's not raining. And so if you notice on your handout, the setting, so it hadn't rained in three years. Because it had not rained, the land was experienced a famine. So the ministry of Elijah during that time had been silent. So really, except for what we read here, the prophet was not ministering to the people uh, of Israel at this time, uh, but he was kind of secluded from, from doing that. Um, and so then Ahab, he sends out Obadiah, his steward, uh, to search for water and to save what livestock you know, would remain. So that's kind of where we pick it up here. So again, in verse one, it says, and it came to pass after many days. So that's a reference to about the three years that have passed. And during those three years, the word of God has pretty much been silent. And so it says in verse 1 that Elijah in the third year saying, Go show thyself to Ahab. So he's going to have this confrontation with Ahab. And um, the prophet of the God, the prophet of God is going to meet with Ahab, and there's going to be this confrontation, and it's going to be for the benefit of the entire nation. And that's the benefit of the man of God. When the man of God preaches and the word of God is preached, it's for the benefit of the people to sit under the preaching of God's word. And we're going to see uh, there's not only a physical, uh, physically is there a drought in Israel, but spiritually there's a drought in Israel. And God's going to use Elijah to turn the tide here. But some observations, if you look on your handout. First, we have Obadiah. And we learned some things about this prophet Obadiah. Just look at it again. 
Won't you just read, read, uh, read for yourselves, like I had you do this last week, but, but read for yourselves, just take a minute, I'm going to be silent, but read, for instance, verses 1 through 12, uh, or maybe verses 3 through 12, where it talks about Obadiah, and see uh, if you can glean some things about this man, Obadiah. So I'm just going to be silent for a couple of minutes here and read those verses. See, gather some characteristics about Obadiah. All right, so tell me some things about Obadiah other than the fact that he feared the Lord, because that's the obvious one, and I have it on the handout for you. But that's a good thing, amen, that he feared the Lord. And not only did he fear the Lord, but he feared the Lord, if you notice at the end of verse 12, he feared the Lord since he was a young man. So let me just first ask you this. There are other characters in the Bible that we could compare Obadiah to, Individuals that the Bible says far more about, I mean, this is really just a small section where we talk about this fellow, this man of God, Obadiah. But, but as I thought about Obadiah and just these few verses, he's really, there are other people in the Bible who, who he's similar to. Like who? Well, that's a good connection because God told Moses to go back to Egypt and Moses kind of says, well, I don't know about that. I'm not very good. I'm not a very good speaker. And, uh, but, but yeah, so there's a connection there. There's, that's one example. Absolutely. Who else? What else? The Obadiah. Well, what about the fact, like, for instance, when we look here and um, so Ahab, is Ahab a good king or is Ahab a wicked king? Wicked. It's a wicked king. And yet here's Obadiah, a man who fears God. He's in, the, he's in the court of Ahab. So who else is that like? Yeah, like Daniel. We've been studying Daniel on Wednesday nights. It's very similar to Daniel. There's and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There they are. And, uh, and just like... Uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here's a man who has served the Lord from the time he was a young boy. On Wednesday, we're studying the life of these other, these four other men, and from the time they're young, they're serving God. 
And Obadiah does that. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, he's like Joseph, but stay, just staying with Daniel for a minute. Um, and he has the confidence of Ahab. Ahab goes one way, and he sends Obadiah another way, looking for water to, to feed the livestock. So there's a, there's a confidence there that Ahab, that Ahab has with regards to Obadiah. And even in the sense that, what does he tell Obadiah to do? Or what is, what is uh, I should say, what is, when he meets with Elijah, what does Elijah tell Obadiah to go back and tell Ahab to do? Yeah, it's good to tell him. And uh, he's going to have to do that. And um, so there's, I think there's a lot of similarities there here between Daniel and, uh, and, and Obadiah. Um, what else? Uh, Joseph. So we see the same thing with, with Joseph. And, and here there was Joseph... Uh, uh, who there's some similarities here as well. Joseph rising up into the court of Pharaoh and uh, second in command of all of, of Egypt. So you see, you see those similarities. Any, anything else before we move on with Obadiah? David, another example. Yeah, sure. Uh, with regards to um, what he was called to do. So you have, this, you have Obadiah, a man of God, in this. You have the prophets, and, he's, and he rescues these prophets from Ahab. And um, Ahab would have wanted them all killed, but he's, he's got them in hiding. And um, so we see that. But then we also are going to see Jezebel. So if you notice there in your hand, who is Jezebel? She's the daughter of Ethbaal, king of Tyre and Sidon. And um, she spent herself in efforts to establish idolatry in Samaria and to exterminate the worship of the one true living God and uh, the lives of his servants. But as we pick it up, we find, so you see that in verse 4, for it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave. By the way, the name Obadiah, it means a servant of the Lord. So here he is serving the Lord. And then we find, as you pick it up now, and um, after he's told to go and into, and find, into the land and find the water, uh, we'll pick it up in verse 7. So as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him. And he knew him, and he fell on his face and said, Art thou my Lord Elijah? So Elijah is known, he's been silent primarily for these last three years, but he's known, Obadiah knows of him, and uh, he answers and says, I am, go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. In fact, that phrase in verse 7, or verse 8, Elijah is here, it's found in verse 8, it's repeated in verse 11, and it's repeated in verse 14, Elijah is here. In other words, as I read that, I thought the prophet of God is there. The prophet of God is going to speak to the nation and to what is going on there. If you remember from last week, the name Elijah, it means whose God is Jehovah. My God is Jehovah. And so here's Elijah as he, as he faces off here with Ahab. And um, it's not as if Elijah was hiding in these three years. He was fulfilling the command of God. But now God has directed him 
to do what he's going to do. He wants everyone in Israel to know that there is a prophet of God there. And so in our lives, wherever God places us and however God uses us, people should know that we are the, maybe not the prophet of God, but we are the people of God. And uh, so that they know where we stand and, 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 and what we're about. Um, and we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. We'll talk about the Laodicean kind of atmosphere that entered into Israel. But you notice on your handout just a couple of verses uh, that are found in the Bible. Psalm 25, 2. The psalmist said, Oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Or Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so here's Elijah. He's on the scene and he's going to make himself known. Let him know that I'm here. Let him know I want to meet with him. Now what's Obadiah's response? Obadiah is a bit fearful here, isn't he? And he's afraid that, well, if I go tell Ahab you're here and you disappear, listen, you're, you're, you're putting my life at risk here. And, and Elijah has to kind of encourage him and say, no, 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 I'll face up with him. I'll meet with Ahab. Don't worry. Verse 13, he says, Was it not told my Lord what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets? Listen, I've already taken a risk. I hit a hundred men of these prophets in a cave. And now you want me to go and tell Ahab that you're going to meet with him. But if you don't meet with him, surely I'm going to, I'm going to be putting my life at risk. Well, after he's assured of that, they, they meet. Verse 16. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Well, let me ask you that little phrase there. Art not, art thou he that troubleth Israel? Think about that phrase for a minute. Art thou he that troubleth Israel? From a historical point of view, think about that phrase. Art thou he that troubleth so, so Ahab is saying to Elijah, you're, you're, the, you're the troublemaker here. You know, historically, historically, that's, the Jews have been accused of being the troublemaker all down through history. You know, part of the extermination of six million Jews in World War II is because Hitler convinced the nation that, uh, Bill, you don't think six million Jews were? Well, that's... that's it's been greatly exaggerated since it's a folks in the library. I studied revisionist history. Okay, well, that's... Believe what you want. All right, well... Okay, I got it, I got it. We're just going to have to have a, a vast difference of opinion because all you have to do is travel to... I was, I was in... I was in Belarus. I saw the concentration camps in Belarus. 
So we'll just have to have a, a vast difference of opinion, but all throughout history, the Jewish people have tried to be exterminated. That's just historical fact. And um, today there is a rise of anti-Semitism throughout the world. And quite frankly, that attitude that you have is leading to that rise in anti-Semitism. But the Jewish people we know are God's people. They're the people that God chose. And so it's kind of a frightening, frightening element that's taking place in the world today with regards to the Jewish people. And in a sense, when we deny the Holocaust, we're really saying, just as they said, Ahab said, to those people who deny that, that the, Israel, that the Jews are the problem. That's the spirit of Antichrist. He answered, no, I've not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. You're the problem, Ahab. You're the problem here, not, not, not me. And um, that's the prophet of God standing up. So the Bible says this in verse 21, Elijah or in verse 19, Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him, but of Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. So here's the problem. There was Baal worship going on in Israel. They were denying the one true living God. If you notice on the back of your handout, the, the handout says the worship of Baal was established in Babylon in, at the famous Tower of Babel, founded upon astrological mythology. Planets, Jupiter, Venus, they were gods. They were worshipped as gods. When you travel to Israel and you go to the northern part of Israel where the uh, one of the golden calves was placed in a place called Tel Dan. And so we were there and we were looking at the excavation or the archaeological sites. Now, last time I was there, they didn't show us this. We didn't go to where the calves were. We went to near where they were. But when you go now to where they're doing these excavations, you find in Tel Dan, where the golden calf was, not just the worship of the golden calf, but they've excavated several other sites, the worship of other gods or, 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 or idols. And so what's happening here is this is kind of what Pastor Ethan was talking about on um, Wednesday night, uh, the spirit of Babylon, mystery Babylon, or kind of we talked about a one world religion where all the religions of the world come together. So you had at this site, the Jews that were worshiping, sometimes they would be worshiping uh, the golden calf 
And other times they would also be worshiping Baal or whatever other gods were there. It was kind of like a place where all of the religions came together there. And it's really interesting when you're there. And so God says to, or Elijah uses God to say to the people, listen, how long, how long are you going to halt between these two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people didn't say a word. They just, they just sat there and, and they listened. And then Elijah said unto the people, I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and put it under the fire and I'll address the other bullock and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. And call ye on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God that answereth by fire, let him be God and let all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, choose ye one bullock for yourself and dress it. For ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under it. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and they called on the name of Baal one morning, even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered, and they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure he is sleeping and must be awakened. And they cried aloud, and they cut themselves after the manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was passed that they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any to answer nor any that regarded. And so let me just stop there. So you understand what's happened. They build this altar there. And the 450 prophets come, and they're crying out to their God, and they're cutting themselves. And um, uh, dancing upon the altar, calling to a God that's never going to hear them. And um, there is Elijah all by himself. One prophet against 450 prophets. So... The majority is not always right. Sometimes one just has to stand against the tide. And so there's the prophet. And, he, and, and he's crying out. And he's, or, or there's the prophets of Baal. They're crying out. And they are making a scene that was there. And so if you've ever been to Israel, when I was there in Israel this last time, I stood on top of Mount Carmel. And... Um, when you stand on the top of Mount Carmel, the whole valley of Armageddon really is all out in front of you there. And uh, to, that would be to, I guess it would be to the, if I remember correctly, to the north and to the east. And when you look to the west, you can see um, the Mediterranean Sea. So it's not far from, from the coast. But, but here's Elijah. And just like we mentioned other, other men of the Bible earlier, He's standing there, standing for God, and he is going to show the people of Israel the, the errors of their way. And uh, you notice in verse 30, Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. 
And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran about the altar and filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sac sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I, am done, I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord and that thou again has turned their heart back again. So a couple of things here. You notice what happens is Elijah takes the altar that's there and he, and he repairs the altar that's there. He doesn't use the same altar that the uh, prophets of Baal has, has used. He's repaired the altar that had already been there. And uh, the 12 stones, of course, representing the 12 tribes here. And he, and he cries unto the Lord, and we see the power of God, we see the fire of the Lord fall upon the altar there. Really, it's proven to the people that, um, listen, you've been worshiping all these false gods, and all of these false ideas, and all of these false philosophies. It's time to get right with God. Time to get right with the truth. And there's a revival that's going to take place. And he cries out. And I love it when he says he cries out to the Lord God of Abraham and Isaac and of Israel, of Jacob. Let it be known this day that thou art the God of Israel. Let it be known that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Verse 38, and the fire fell and consumed the burnts. And by the way, if you notice this in verse 38, this is no ordinary fire. This is an extraordinary fire. We know that because the Bible says that the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, consumed the wood, the stone, the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. It burned everything to the ground. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God, the Lord, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal, let none of them escape. And they took them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and he slew them there, killed all of them. And so there's the power of God falling upon the altar. And really, I think the reason that the, uh, or one of the reasons, of course, that the fire of God fell is because Elijah said, listen, how long are you going to halt between two opinions, either between truth and error? If you want the power of God upon your life, you need to walk in truth, not in error. Joshua would say this, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Jesus would say, you can't serve two masters. You need to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind. 
And the Israelites, they, they were not. They, they were double-minded in the things that they did. And so the power of God fell. And there's Elijah. He says to Ahab, get thee up, uh, verse 41, and drink. And there's a sound of the abundance of rain. And Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servants, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and on the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins, and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. So God that day uses Elijah to confront the prophets of Baal, and to confront or to compare error and truth. How long, he says to the Israelites, will you halt between two opinions? So let me just finish with this, the conclusion on my lesson. We increasingly find ourselves living in what the Bible calls today the Laodicean days. The church neither hot nor cold. The Laodicean church was neither hot nor cold. Uh, Pastor Ethan was talking a little bit about this on Wednesday night. We need Christians to take a stand, not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? You know, how long will we halt between two opinions? That we fulfill the plan of God for our lives. We allow the power of God to work in our lives. And um, That means just we need what we need is Elijah's today. People who stand up for the truth and people who won't be ashamed of the truth, uh, despite everything that's going on around us. I didn't read it, but let me just finish too. It's on your hand. Second Timothy. I, lo I love these verses that uh, Paul said because it kind of gives you Paul's attitude on, on, on your hand out there in the second point. Second Timothy four sixteen through 17. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. So that's what you and I need in our day and age in which we live. Uh, it may be sometimes that no one stands with you. But always know this, if you're walking with the Lord, the Lord will always stand with you if you're standing on the truth. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we ask your blessing now upon the morning worship service. We pray that it would bring honor and glory to you. We're thankful, as always, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. We're just so thankful that you love us. We're thankful for the cross of Calvary and the salvation that we have. So again, bless the service, bless our singing, the music, the preaching, the offerings, the junior church downstairs, and then the baptismal service as well. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. 
We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You could also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.